0: And welcome to the Rugby Bits pod. We are coming to you a little bit later than usual this week. But the best part about that is the Springbok squad has been announced. So we've got plenty to talk about as we wrap up the weekend's action, specifically around Springboks um, and the Women's World Cup. Um, and then we'll dive into the weekend's Springbok game and what we're looking forward to. But I'm joined by none other than Cooks. Mate, how are you? How was your weekend?
1: Hey Sharky. Yeah, very doing very, very well. Thanks. Um weekend was good. Um managed to sneak back to PE for a wedding. So um yeah, it was lacquer. And um yeah, it was always lacquer to spend some time at home watching rugby with my dad. It's always a, a interesting prospect. Um, but it was lacquer. But um I was on very, very good rugby on the weekend and um yeah, had a good weekend. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, mate. Good thanks. I had a I had a busy one, mostly mostly a bit of rugby. I got out for a for a hike and just managed to avoid a puff at her, so life is good. <laughs> um, so you went home. Um, so firstly, wedding, did you manage to watch the books? Was the wedding picking up or dropping off by the time the books kicked off at 10 o'clock?
1: The, I, I, it was probably picking up. And um, sort of, so I said to myself that I wasn't going to watch until Sunday when I sort of obviously got home. And, and then uh, I sort of saw someone's phones were out, so I had a glimpse. But then at that stage I was four, five, six years in. So I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna <laughs> sit down and watch some rugby. I'll just sort of deal with this on Sunday. And then obviously, so I'd managed to, manage to not wake up on Sunday without knowing the score, which I just, I avoided. have oh, uh, Twitter. That's impressive. Um, well, it helps you when you have a hangover. So, uh, <laughs> and then sort of just, as, <laughs> as I woke up on Sunday, I just, went, I literally woke up and watched the box straight away. So I was like, I knew like. Things that happened, but then sort of like I could actually watch the game as I was trying to recover.
0: Oh, that's that's both a, both a good and a bad thing. And I mean, and it's it's unfortunate we don't have Tyler here because he also um, spent some time at home this weekend. But um, I'm possibly going to intercept what we're going to talk about some other uh, some other time. But some hot takes um, from from your guys' dads. But what <laughs> did your dad come up with an
1: absolute beaut? I'll tell you what, my dad is not a big um, hot take guy. He's, he's actually, he's very quiet when he comes to watching rugby. But what he does is, he does stand for most of the game. So he sort of stands in front of the TV. And it's like, you've got to almost sit on the edge of the, of the you've got a three-seater couch on the one side and the one seat on the other side. So you almost got to sit on the side of him and sort of watch the game from like at an angle because he tends to stand in front of the TV. But I'll tell you a story about my dad. You were watching a box game last year uh, yeah, last year was a, lion, was a Lions tour, the first test so I was at home. And then I, I, I can't remember what I said to him. I think it might have been like something like, oh, the Lions, the Lions are the dominating asset, asset set piece. What we need to do is maybe sort of maybe try more or less or something like that. So my mom was like, oh, what's the score? What's going on here? So my mom, my dad literally takes exactly what I said to him, tells my mom. <laughs> My mom goes, yeah. I can see, I can see you get your love or rugby from your dad. is such he knows the game so well. I was like, busted, dad! he just took my life and ran with it. My mom's like calling him this genius. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're not. Flipping. I'm giving you all these, these little takes here, and you go around and you go send straight to my mom, so my dad normally. With, so sometimes he would message me when you're at home. I'm like, ah, oh. afternoon Like how the box doing? I'm like, it's probably my my uncles or my brothers-in-law or in it town. And so some, some intel. He <laughs> needs need, need some intel on the fire.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. So, listen, if uh, if ever I get to watch rugby with your old man, you're going to have to watch in another room. I'm also I often stand. I don't stand and watch the whole game, but I, I feel like I need to get closer to the TV often because I want to see everything in like super HD and and almost as if I'm there. So, I totally I t- respect your old man. I, it's the best way to watch a game sometimes.
1: I don't, I don't mind the standing. It's just that I, I know, for example, like I, I mean, I do get into it. And then it's just like, and and the frustrating thing for me is like sort of like, if I stand, then I'm going to want to like throw something. So all of a sudden when I'm watching rugby, even though I used to coach, I never used to coach with anything in my hands. Like if I had a water bottle and something happens, it, it tends to get thrown <laughs> on the floor. So normally if like I'm standing, I need to play something because I distract myself. So I'm sort of working my way back into actually sitting down. And every year when I used to coach, I, I used to say to myself, "Cooks." This is the year that you must spend most of the half sitting down, and within ten minutes in the game, I'm standing. And the next time I sit down is you normally know at halftime again.
0: Yeah, and 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 when and when you finish coaching a game, you, you almost feel like you need a recovery session because
1: you're 100 percent emotionally 100%. and physically drained. 100. <laughs> <100%. laughs> I normally like nap at like four four o'clock when you get home, and, like after a coaching game. Like can you just like nap for a bit before I sort of take on the evening?
0: Exactly, the adrenaline's wearing off now. I think it's only fitting that we, we get kicked off from a rugby point of view um, in in New Zealand and the Women's World Cup final. And if if you didn't watch that game, I'm sure you know the result. But if you get to watch that game, the full 80-minute game, you must watch it. From when they come out, sing the anthems, sold out Eden Park, and knowing that the England women were on a 30-game or 29-game winning streak. They really have not been tested properly in two years. And up against the hosts, the Black Ferns, who really, in in all honesty, had a diabolical 2021 um, and managed to pull it together with Wayne Smith and, and a couple of the other new coaches came through and they couldn't stop talking enough about how much they changed their perception and and what they were doing and what to look at. So um, congrats to the Black Ferns um, and everyone's new favorite and deservedly Ruby Tui, who's a legend. I have such a rugby crush on her. She's such a gem. But what an incredible, incredible final with highs and lows. Cooks, do you did did you manage to get anything out of the game was it just like was it a stand-up walk-around game for you or we managed to sit down for that there was
1: i tweeted after the game on on saturday i mean i wasn't on last week Talk about the semi-finals and i said the semi-final between france and new zealand was and obviously england and um, canada was probably two of the best semifinals you'll get in any sport, just in terms of the spectacle, in terms of, you know, the games and just the entertainment value. But that final was on another level. That was an, probably the best game of rugby I've watched this year in terms of it had anything. I mean it it had tries. It had drama. It had and also like the contrast of it was like England's forward dominance. At a stage the Black Ferns were quick tapping and running everything. It was like such a contrasting game, but it was entertaining. There was drama in the final the crowd was incredible. You had, you had the streak of England. You had, could the blackfins win at home? Wayne Smith, could he win it with the men's and win with the women's? Can Simon Middleton sort of end this amazing four-year run with the World Cup? I mean, you had all of that. And then it delivered in like more ways than one. That was a, 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 oh, it was an incredible game where I uh, <laughs> I honestly could not remember when last I'd been like so worked up in a game and sort of like got so invested in, you know, I'm mean, I watching the semi final and and I watched it in a way where it was just like, you know, oh, can you start the lots of rugby ahead, start the semi final And then I just remember when in those those two classes, I remember waking up on Saturday morning and honestly, the the, the most first thing I my head was like, I need to, I can't wait for the women's fight, women's, women's World Cup final. I, I thought that was going to be probably the biggest game of rugby this year. And it delivered. I mean, it was an absolute crack of a game. I mean, like it went all all the the way down to the final play. And I think as an advert to not, not just women's rugby, but to rugby in general, it was incredible. I don't like, it's hard Mm -hmm. to describe, you know, like, like, you you look look at the men's game, right? I mean, every final is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bore fest. (laughs) Like, you know, like it's normally like, like either it's a 15, 15, or us box, we pulverize England or the all black sort of, Score points against the Wallabies, but like that final, that it's going to be hard to top that as the game of the year. In in, in any men's, women's, mm, mm. it's going to hard to be top that as a better mm. game this year.
0: Yeah, um, it it was incredible. So just to give a oh, off the top of my head, I'm going to just quickly try and run through this. So um, the 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 Red Roses are a power forwards dominated side. They 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 ironically their line out and drive is in- amazing and everyone loves it um i was a little dig at it and everyone was moaning about the springbok ones my bad um <laughs> so they they're really they're really four dominated but they've got some incredible backs you know they've got abby Dye on the wing they've got emily scarrett um they've got ellie kildan like they've got quality all round, um and they they dovetail well they they really know where their strengths are and and yeah, and up against the the black ferns, who I must be honest, I really thought that they would have done a little bit better combating them all. I thought that their pack was a little bit stronger than what it showed on on Saturday in the final. But it was amazing, and they were just getting they were just getting beaten by them all. Um, Amy Cocaine scored a hat trick in the final, which is I think only been done three times before. Um, and uh yeah, just an incredible thing. And it looked like uh, the Red Rose were gonna run away with it. But the Black Ferns settled, they got in. So um Lydia Thompson was sent off in oof, in the first quarter, I think 17, 18 minutes yeah, for a tackle on Porsche Woodman. Um it was no doubt it was a red. Um and but the Black Ferns lost Portia Woodman, which was which was was big for them. Um but I tell you that the black ferns came back. They were tapping. They were running. They were they were running everything from all over. And I just sometimes I was just like, even I mean, cooks. We were chatting on the group, and you were like, and we all agreed like they got to slow it down somewhere along the line. I thought they could try different things to try and combat the mall There, it was ridiculous, and it all turned around in the second half when when the black ferns snapped a couple of tries. And I tell you, the, uh, Stacey Flula is is. Yes, she's incredible. She doesn't ever stop smiling, but she yeah, no, is yeah. deadly. She's got pace to burn. She's got hands. She offloads. She's got everything. It, it's ridiculous. And, and she built up like two, was at, at the heart of two tries. And, and two absolutely. Going down to as the wire. As well. Yes. I mean,
1: absolutely. In a final. I mean, I still, I still tweeted when she scored that try. I was like, oh, I think I'm in love with Stacey Flewler. Then she created that one of the, of, of the, when she offloaded off the ground. I was like, I'm definitely in love. Was Stacey flew like she is? What what an offload!
0: And and an offload. We I saw when she fell the way she was tackled. I was like, "Eh, "That looks like a knee's gone or something." Like it's one of those tackles, you know, when you drag from behind and and then you think, "Okay, there's something gone yet." It's an ankle and knee or a hip or something. And then she manages to offload and then limps off again later. But it was flipping incredible. I mean, she she offloaded to Aisha who scored. And I was, oh, she's, she's sort of even Aisha of the bench you. was an
1: absolute powerhouse of the bench. I mean she's been like, oh man aisha she's been she's been amazing with the bench, but what I love the most about Stacey Fuller is for that first trial when she did that little dummy that little that little dummy switch i mean and Emily skirtre is an incredible incredible defender, and she sort of oh. left her like for dead like in a little it was like on the on the toilet on the I mean, on the um on the touchline a little dummy switch and sort of created an incredible. and and, and obviously broke through and and created an incredible try. But I mean, like, but also in that game though, like, I mean, like Sarah Harini was absolutely Uh, everywhere. Like you just saw her everywhere. I was like, this is incredible. I mean, like. She's wide
0: and tight. It's how, like, I'd love to know what her numbers are because like, she must get through as, but about as much running as the, as the scrum off off. She's, She's in doing tackles, making, uh, sorting out rucks. Then she's wide and she's got the hands and she's bursting down the line. And then all of a sudden she's cleaning rucks again. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? You yeah, 100%. You're
1: like, she pops up everywhere. But I must say watching her and Molly Packer go head on head was, because I mean, Molly Packer's all is... I, Molly Packer just reminds you of such an old school number seven. You just like, every yes. time like she wins a deal, like, she actually comes back her pants on, half half orphan, <laughs> her hair's a mess. It's just like she's cruffy, she just gets up and she's like limping half the time, but like she was like everywhere as well. Like you watch her, you're like, she's yeah, an I'm, I'm, I'm I'm here to do a job. Yeah, like you, like, you, like, you, like you, I was watching the game. Like she's limping still. Like is she like is she limping from from this from running and tackling this person, or is she limping from the previous injury? And then like it was, and then like Sarah Harini is like absolutely everywhere. But it's like you know what I was saying to someone like, in the women's game. It, it's so tough, you know, because people do that thing where the notion like oh, but it's boring and it's and it's not. I'm like guys, if you watch those two weeks of rugby, the Woman's the Woman put through. That's some of the best rugby. If you love, if you enjoy the game of rugby, just the way it should be played. I mean, to have almost, to have over 50 points in a final, there was drama. Um, The the only thing about the final was the kicking was absolutely horrendous for goal. (laughs) Poor Renee Holmes. Poor Renee Holmes. But I mean, other than that, it was just like, I just, yeah, I I just, it was such an absolute spectacle, man. And I I think, I mean, I commend both sides. I know I love what, you know sarah hunter and um Simon milton said it and it's so hard for england i mean 30 games and to lose the last one and just sort of go and like and the thing is like their legacy is something that i love what he said he said the one game does not define them and you look at what they've done you know with making the game a professional the premier league the premier fifteens mm-hmm. league they have now they've done so much for women's rugby and it's and obviously it's like obviously not to have won it is is tough that's what that's what people tend to remember but you look at their run there, of absolute dominance, and it just shows in rugby. Like, surely during that game, it literally felt like whenever this, I remember when they, when they, when they had that mall at the end, I was like, "Oh man, like New Zealand's gonna lose this." But yeah, England are the better side, and, and the clutchness to get a steal, I don't know because I mean New Zealand at the stage, they tried everything. They tried sacking, they tried not jumping. That literally, I was like, and I sat there and I was, I was like, my dad was like one of the ones like, "What did you do here? Would you jump? Would you attack at source or would you?" I'm like, you know what, um. I've always been attacking at source. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a, but I, but even there, I was like, oh, I don't know if you do attack at source, like you just bring it down and hope for the best. But I was also like, I don't know what I've done. I'd have probably probably have gone to the coach, captain like that's sorry. That's on you. The yeah, cool. <laughs> coach yeah. is tapped out.
0: <laughs> so just to, just to fill everyone in, um, the final score was 34, 31. Um, England got a penalty, uh, basically 79 minutes, 30 something seconds or whatever. Um, kicked to the corner five meter out, uh, attacking lineouts. I think they might have had two. But you know, basically the way it's been going is they've basically been doing 20, 30 meter mauls at will during the entire game. And <clears throat> I mean, I even popped on, in, on on the group and I was like, they're absolutely getting murdered at mall time you know, they, they're contesting and then they're trying to set up a defensive more, but they're getting obliterated. And, and, and because England was setting up so fast, I was like, they really need to step back and hope that England set up and transfer the ball before this contact and try and earn a penalty out of it. And like, they were getting murdered that much. Like they were, they weren't even getting involved. And the thing is, is like, I, what they did was they challenged the liner, which they did a lot during the game. But they've obviously been working on it, and that was their plan because they were never going to combat the mall. So they needed to sort it out before it got down into a mall. And that steal five meters from the line. And as I saw the ball going to the the Blackburn side, I was like, oh, I hope someone gets hold of this and clears it. Like, you don't want to tap back and then England run through and score, you know? Like, that would have been, like, that, that's probably fitting of how the game would have ended. But you kind of just knew that the Red Roses were going to win it. Like after everything the Blackburns had done, all the, their fight backs, how, to combat, how they combated England with different tactics, their ability to run from anywhere and how incredibly skillful they were. Everything about them, and it all just pointed to the Red Roses scoring a driving mall at the end, and that's, that would have been the final chapter in an incredible story on its own, but not to be, man.
1: Not to be no man, geez, it was. It was incredible. Even the celebrations afterwards. I mean, um, Ruby Tui's interview is in, incredible, and just and singing with the crowd. She starts singing yeah. with the crowd. Like what a legend! Like oh, it was absolutely wild. And I, I just thought you know, it was a fitting way to end an incredible World Cup. Where I want to say for a World Cup like that, when you, when you sort of like there's so many, so many great narratives, right? I mean, that made that game so special. Like, and it's hard to think of so many, of a game having so much. It's going to be hard to think of a game this year of rugby that has as much storylines coming out of one game and being, a, and, and being a final. Because not many finals deliver in terms of high-end quality and it's always gritty and it's, it's, you know, like it's, it's no one make a mistake. I mean, like the Black Ferns were just running it from everywhere. It, I mean, I remember we were saying for a Crazy. stage, like, like in the exit. Then after a while, I was like, okay, cool. Second half, they all of a sudden the Black Ferns are kicking everything. You're like, oh my God, can you go back to the rugby that you sold us on? Like in the first half, like what is going on here? Oh man, I was, oh, it was incredible. But listen, but it, I just think it was a great way to start the the rugby weekend. And I just think going forward, I mean, it's going to be. I would love to sort of see the women's game growing. I think you know, Robert, mentioned like women's rugby is not going anywhere, and I think they need the sort of World Cup. I think the next one's in England, which is the next four years. Oh. It's, going to be so, it's going to be so interesting to see where the There's game. There's another goes
0: story here. in a story there like the next yeah, one. in England
1: Oof. and it's like oh man like but I must say I mean I mean just shout out shout out to the English, that English team I mean I think it's it's hard to sort of lose a World Cup final but a World Cup final when you've been beaten for 30 games and you sort of put together this incredible side oh it's a yeah. tough place to be yeah. it is a tough tough place to be yeah well
0: just quickly. In closing on the Women's World Cup, just a few stats from the final, which were incredible. So the um, man, oh sorry, man of the match. My apologies. The player of the match was the Black Ferns fly half, um, Demont. She made eight carries across the gain line in that game. She made six offloads, and when when they gave her man of the match, I was like, oh. I tell you, Flula deserves it, or Irini, definitely, because they were both very, very prominent throughout the entire game. But having a look at some of the numbers.
1: Good, but Demond loves a good show and go, hey. I kept watching that game, like, Demond yes. loves <laughs> a good show and go. I was like, every time, like, it's like, I'm going to pass once, but it's like, but then thing is, she's incredible, again the ball with the varnish. line. I mean, it happened often. I mean, like, but, she's, but I was sitting yeah. like, she absolutely loves a show and go. You know, it's also very good, Fitzpatrick at 12. just Yes. She, all except that first receiver went to Montrose. they just quietly goes about her business. I thought she was she an exceptional tournament as well. Yeah, and they, had a couple of, they used a couple
0: of 12s during the tournament, and both of them were very handy. Um, just a couple more things. Both sides, um, 100% success rate on scrums. Um, the Black Ferns, 9 out of 9 lineouts. The Red Roses, 16 out of 18. So they lost two, which I couldn't remember. Um, but those two were both lineout steals. So clearly there was a plan there, um, which, is, which is incredible. Um, Red Roses, 11 malls won. What? That's ridiculous. Like, that's, that's crazy, that's, crazy. That's
1: wild. And you get four tries it's, from there as well. Yes, that's yeah. Wild.
0: It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what's very interesting. From a defensive point of view, the Red Roses only made 65% of their tackles. They, they, made, they missed 36 of the 121. So that's quite something. 81% tackle completion for the Black Ferns. Um, kicks from hand, uh, almost the same, but England definitely getting more. I tell you, I was super impressed with with the length of the kicks from England, and it obviously shows in those numbers. 17 kicks, 485 meters. Um, Black Ferns were 15 for 350.
1: So yeah, it no, was... Academic. Especially scary. Harrison. Harrison. Harrison's got a great boot for England at 10. She, yes, I mean, yes. she, she always gets them out of range. I thought she was also like, she's not as flashy. as I mean, demand gets all the crazies. And like, is it Boulia from, from France in terms of the offload, but Harrison also just keeps everything yeah. ticking just, and I, th- I thought she also had another very good tournament. Just, it's so weird. I, I remember, I think Jared put in a group that, um, everyone on Twitter was loving the malls, but come 10 o'clock on Saturday evening, also be like getting was- pissed off because the Springboks box so are exactly. morning again, but now exactly. when the English are doing it, we are like, oh, it's weird. The context is a, funny funny thing in it right? yeah, I tell you what's
0: uh, impressed me as well with Harrison, um, but particularly um, uh, both England and New Zealand was the accuracy and the distance on their passes their nine ten twelve passing was great, like what we find with with South Africa and i 'm comparing it to 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 the woman books was and um and a lot of the the size that didn 't do uh, that didn 't advance through is that their kick distance was was nowhere near where. Um, nowhere near the distance of the other side so you were never able to clear and the other thing was the was the width that they were able to get on on two to three passes so it's definitely um, a working work in progress for for a number of sides but i was super impressed with that like some of the accuracy and, and everything but incredible final scenes afterwards were amazing and uh in three years time in 2024 is it 2021 2024, 2025. We will be having the Women's World Cup in England, so looking forward to that. I'm hoping the next three years will be great, great for the Women's game and for rugby in general because um, there are a lot more fans have come into the game, um, and uh, and I hope they stay. So, so yeah. From that, cooks, <laughs> we're going to head over <laughs> to Marseille <laughs> oh, and I talk right. about
1: oh man oh man
0: well yeah so listen congrats to the women to all the teams and all the women that got involved and and everything was amazing like that was a great tournament but we have to get sucked into the the french win against the Springboks this weekend and i tell you that game was hectic man like at the end of that first half, Jared and I spoke and I was like, I actually kind of don't really know what's going on yet. <laughs> it's, it's, there was so much happening. Like, for, Firstly, I, I will, what I will say with a little bit of a side note is that that red card to Peter Steff to Toy was probably one of the best things that could happen to the Springbok side in terms of, of, of the Springbok fan base. And I'm not talking from a negative point of view. I'm talking from a positive point of view in that. The focus, normally when the Springboks play, they're like, oh, this guy shouldn't be playing here and this is what this happened and uh, look at the tactics and all that sort of shit. Now the guy, like everyone was just filling in. Like there were guys playing. I didn't know what position Damian Willems was playing half the time. Like he was all over the show. We had forwards everywhere. Everyone was 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 picking up the load and the game plan obviously changed and the way we approached the game changed. And that's what I mean by it was a blessing in disguise that we actually got to watch a game of rugby and no one was looking for a reason to blame someone in the South African setup. So yeah, your thoughts on that, on that first half,
1: like if, if, if you can put <laughs> think, yeah, it, if you can
0: bring it in together somehow.
1: It's like organized halter skelter. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's, like it felt like, it was like, like this is like halter skelter, but very organized as well. But also like, yeah, I think yeah, the test was like a, like when you said like oh man is is a perfect way to describe because it it kind of felt like I think I, th- I mean obviously I thought we played very I thought we played well well enough to win it especially with fourteen men um, and then obviously like there was a stage because like it was a game that ebbed and flowed right I mean France took control of it when they went up thirteen nil and you, then you're sort of thinking like oh man these guys don't take they were, they're about to take full advantage about over over this. Um, mm. Worried, and then sort of the Springboks sort of came back and fought back, and then for a good period of time we dominated that game until and then obviously and then the red really card happened for France, but like those stages there we felt like we are dominating them, and even with 14 men we we had we had most of the possession. Of France just edged us out on territory, but I mean we had 53% possession. But what I loved the most what the Springboks did um was I mean there's a stat that uh, Rian Lowe. On Twitter, put out the fact that France could only get 50 percent of Ball under three three seconds between zero and three seconds, and we 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 managed to disrupt all their flow. And I thought cheapers. There's a stage of, even before, like before the yellow card. As I was like, man, we could win this game. But I thought it was I thought it was a very good test. I think it was you know it ebbed and flowed. I thought France, you know what, it just means to, to talk on the French side, I think Fabien Valtier is probably the happiest man in World Rugby at the moment, just because, you know, I said in Feb, uh, when it March, when the Six Nations ended, that France peaked too soon. And, and I actually look back now, and I think they still haven't, because you, France look, will, will look at this game against the Wallabies, again, game against the Springboks, and say they probably weren't at their best. And there's, there are plenty of injuries against the Springboks, and they still managed to go, come out two out of two. For me that says a lot more about france now it makes them even more dangerous than they were in march when they just won the six nations this grand slam and i think for them they tour i mean they obviously played japan this weekend but they'll feel like this year has probably been a success and this is and leaving that with the Springboks, and i think there's enough in there that would give them confidence come next year if they had to meet the quarterfinal in terms of i thought there were a mall did dominate but i also thought they did very well to compete against a line out as well, that there a few steals as well so Mm-hmm. And, but also the vice versa with the Springboks, they, they will feel as well. They can take the French side, so it's going to be very interesting if we do end up meeting them again. But I do. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a really good test. I think um, there were a few calls. I thought Wayne Barnes. meant the last ten minutes was not at his best. I mean, I'm not surprised that you lost communication with the TMO. I mean, that's so. That's. I mean, <laughs> even playing in France, so I'm not too surprised. But but, John, did you think like when you? when you looked at that game, do you sort of, which camp, obviously, I mean, I know France won, but do you think even the box from a losing side probably walk away, they're also probably just as happy as France?
0: Yeah, I was going to actually mention that. I think I think the Springboks, probably the happier of the two, um, despite the loss. We We, the fans, I don't think the players need it because I think the players know it, but the fans needed to see the springboks fight and play differently and that was that was like as you said it was like unorganised chaos or it was just chaos I'm not sure but it was a time where you couldn't it's unusual you can think about playing with 14 men and you can um, practice it but you don't ever think you're going to be doing it for 70 minutes and uh, especially for someone like Peter Stef Detoy who was who gets through a mountain of work, whether you feel he's in form or not, Peter Stef de is still a world-class blindside flanker. He might not be world-class in Peter Stef de eyes or Springbok fans' eyes because we know what he's capable of, but he's not a liability. So that was that was massive. Just a massive shout out to Peter Stef Detoy. The, the man, the man was gutted. And that is a red card. It wasn't malicious or anything like that. Uh, people, uh, social media is not a great place to be sometimes, but it was a red card and is what it is. Another quick shout out was to is to Seku Makalau, who <laughs> flanker on the wing, who actually did outstandingly well, um, um, despite playing hugely out of, posi- uh, out of position. But yeah, I, I think the Springboks will come away from it probably a little happier. I think um they they played well they stuck together we really we've really advanced in our ability to change our way of playing and our focus on the game and it was always coming like everyone wanted a different style of play i don't feel i like i hate to disappoint the fans but the Springboks will go back to that kick and chase game again they will there's no doubt about it it's 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 one of the one of the the sort of arrows we have in the quiver you know um, and we've got a few other options. We're now starting to advance our, our playing ability with different players in different positions. So I think it's great. I am super impressed with the the massive middle finger raise by the spring box as all three of our kickers kicked a hundred percent, you know, um, Ches and Colby, Faf de Clack and it was Damien.
1: Yeah. And Damien as well.
0: Yeah. like, that was great, and they were striking the ball cleanly. It was going straight through the middle. There was no doubt about it. There was no wobbly kicks or anything like that. So the plan on that side has worked. So I thought it was, I it was Sorry, super sure. do
1: impressive. You, do you, do you me laugh about um, <laughs> about the kicking thing? I was sitting there because so obviously, like we're kicking. I was sitting there I'm like this is so high school a little bit. Like <laughs> it's just like, okay, you kick from this, <laughs> yes. you kick from this corner. It's left hand side. I was like, I was sitting there like maybe like rugby might be moving on to that thing. Maybe that's the next sort of version of it it's like instead of having one kicker you know like, okay cool if, if, if you score trying the right hand side with the angle if, if someone left footed the kick from there if in the middle this person kicks from yeah i was like maybe that's the variation but it was so funny. i was like when last time you see the game there's three different kickers and they're all and they're all kicking 100 so like well, well first of all if you're kicking purist i mean the, the, off the tee the, the kicking on the weekend was exceptional i mean thomas ramos Flip. Was also flopping like rock solid. I think I don't think there was a kick missed in the weekend of of, of the T. and I think that was the, the, that was so great to watch. It was a funny like, Thomas Ramos basically is like he's probably going to the front management like why must I shoulder all the kicking load while these guys are giving us they're like, resting kickers. Like, <laughs> they're like they're like resting kickers. Like he's kicking three times, he's kicking like twice. I'm like yeah eight like, like eight for eight just to win the game against flopping like, three different kickers.
0: But but we. There's a reality that next year in June, in one of our warm-up games, we'll have four kickers on the field. Fuff starts, Pollard at 10, Willemse at 15 or 12, and um, and Colby on the right or 15.
1: <laughs> and then know.
0: we've got f- four kickers to pick from. It's insane. Ugh. But I loved really it. I-, I loved it. I just hope it doesn't cause other problems. But, yeah, I mean, uh, who's well, – how have we – like? change kickers when when they're still at 100%. I think that was such that was such a flex there. That was such a, like, hundred oh yeah, I'll show you. You say we can't kick? I'll show you. Here you go. Have some of this. Yeah, like, so.
1: yeah we've got four of them. And like, it would be surprising someone like, you know, Jacques, I mean, even the way Jacques and Rusty break down the game, where it, like you get to a point in the game where rugby is like, it's like, okay, cool, I've got four kickers in the field, and say, well, from between the 15 in the, in the right-hand pole, Cheson Colby is hundred percent from there. That's his favorite spot (laughs) to kick from. So he'll kick from here. And then like, uh, Andre Pollard is amazing from 35 meters out on the right. That's his spot. So you'll kick over here. Like almost have guys kicking in zones, like this is your zone over here. This is your zone over here. And then it's like, I mean, that that could be an option that, you know, teams explore, like no longer just your long range kicker. And then you're in in your, obviously your shorter distances, but it was a proper flex and it was nice that it did. That it did work out because if it didn't work out, it's gonna be like tough to <laughs> to front up. And and Rusty was right And, and Rossi like, in the Rusty Jogar, like the first choice kicker. I don't even think they know at the moment. It's just like the girl's got the hot hand at the moment. Crazy, crazy.
0: So yeah, incredible game, like a a massive game at something that uh that was expected. Um both sides played well, both sides received a red card. Um DuPont happy birthday, Antoine DuPont, it's his birthday today, but um his red card was i actually when i watched the game and i saw it go down i was like damn it that's uh, i thought it was one of the props that took colby out and i was like well guys this is an absolute game changer because they had lost a prop to injury now in my mind the prop was getting sent off so they were going to go to uncontested scrums which meant they'd had to lose another player that had been playing with 13 i was like game on let's let's go win this you know um and then much to my uh, disappointments, it was Antoine de Pont. Um, also, pretty pretty clear cut red card. No one really can complain about it. It is what it is, and um, you know that's what the the laws say. And you, you really, if anyone wants to argue any of the red cards, the door's that way. You know, like it's pretty clear. But I think you know it would be wrong of us not to discuss that final try. Um, there's a hell of a lot we could talk about. But I think the final try. Um, Cooks, your your thoughts on it and the fallout from it, but your opinion on on what happened in the final minutes um and and that try specifically?
1: Yeah, I think for me it's 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 definitely a double movement. I think it's one of those things the more you see it, the more clear cut it becomes. And obviously it's frustrating that the communication has vanished with the DMO at a time we needed most. Um yeah, you know it's weird, like with the the fallout that's come from it. You know, I mean, I I, I definitely don't think that um, Wayne Barnes is a bad is a bad referee. I just think, yeah, it's just weird that he actually got it wrong in the last couple of minutes. And and you know, you look, I mean, obviously now the, the with the videos and everything that's come out, there is there is a big outcry on it. But I think like it's a hard place to be because I mean, like if you look at that trial, I think obviously Springboks do feel like very hard done by because you win the game, and then obviously with everything that happened from there. But I mean, for from, from me, like it, it definitely was a double movement. And it's, it's frustrating when those things like, what's, like, when does it happen? When we use communication with the TMO, like when, when like the 50-50 calls, also I'll with the box, so it did go against us this weekend. And you know, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video where um, Rassi posted in the, and the ref was asking for the kick in, in French. And then Rassi responded like, we don't, we don't understand <laughs> French, but he said it didn't close. And it's like, you know, it's like things, things like that, you know, I think um, it's things like that, but I, I just think it's one of those, but when it comes down to it, I think obviously, I think Wayne Bones do get it wrong. And um, unfortunately, rugby, I mean, refs are human. I mean, those things, those things are going to happen. Paul Williams had mentioned on Twitter, things like refs are going to get 100% things right. And it's frustrating when those calls do affect a game like that. It is the last minute of the game. I mean, last couple of minutes of the game. But yeah, I don't, I, 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 that's how I saw it. I was, I was, it was more frustrating. Than it was missed. Like, it's like, oh, like, how, mm. like this, how could this, how, how can the communication sort of die down now at a time like this? So what does what this what is happens in the World Cup semi-final? What happens then? You know what I mean? Like, I'll rather wait 10 minutes for them to fix the issue to, to, to make the right call. Then they're going, well, I, I said, there's a try. And, like, I, I don't blame Wayne Barnes, the reasoning for going, well, there's no communication. I can't see it. I'm going to call the on field for the stay, which is fair, but that can't happen. That, that can't happen in like in the final. I mean, what do you think about it, Sean? Mm.
0: So, like TMO ref and TMOs have lost comms many times before, um, but it's really hard to to look past it at that particular time. Um, I believe the the host. Uh, I, I believe a lot of the the communication that wasn't being heard in South Africa on SuperSport was being heard on other channels. So prime, I believe had it. Um, but there's still, there was a call by the TMO that it was a try, even though they'd broken down their comms. So, um, that, uh, I obviously wasn't watching on prime, but the, the general feel like was there was, um, they'd broken down their comms, but the TMO was still communicating, which everyone else could hear with regards to that try. So, in order for it to be a double movement, it must be a tackle. And in order for it to be a tackle, a player must be either have his knee touch the ground or on the ground, he must be on his back, or he must be seated. That's according to the law. So the thing is, is the ref, firstly, the ref's got to call, tackle, and then he's got to then place it. So he's, when you slow-mo it down, his knee touches a blade of grass, so technically it's a, it's a tackle. However, when it happens in real time and you watch it, you can see his knee goes down and straightens up and like I can see how that is not seen as a tackle and therefore he is allowed to drive forward so it's not a double movement so those are the things that that people need to kind of take into account like and whether you feel it touch the ground because I I had a look at it like when you have super close like super zoomed in and slow-mo you can see his knee graze, graze a blade of grass it doesn't sit sit there and he doesn't propel off his knees like his knee goes down and comes up again and then he propels off his feet so seeing Wayne Barnes miss that like I can understand how he missed it and then when the TMO had a look at it we obviously didn't hear what TMO was talking about and whatever so I think that's really really a tight call and you know tight calls are are really are really tough and it's going to go the way of the home side unfortunately um we've we kind of know that we've been on the right and the wrong side of that. So yeah, I, I do believe that his knee touched a bait of grass and technically that makes it a tackle, which then technically makes it a double movement. However, I feel a lot of fans are blowing it away out of proportion and not really knowing the law um, so well. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough pull to swallow, but I really don't feel it's the end of, End of the road for anyone. I think Wayne Barnes is an incredible referee. <laughs> like everyone was so happy, and everyone was saying, "Why didn't he have the South Africa Ireland game? Because he's so good." And then he comes on and now now he's the worst ref in the world. So it is what it is. But it's like,
1: but Joe, it was one of those things. I think obviously rugby is such a game where there's so much interpretation within the laws, right? I mean, that's 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 unfortunately that is the game where it's like, you know, even coaches, the top top coaches especially coach their players to, to find ways to manipulate the rules based on how this referee sees certain aspects of the game. That's, that's a big part of the game. And, and unfortunately is if you, the opposition, you know, i like, all, 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 all have to gauge sometimes like you sit in the ball and you watch the box playing and, you know, you see some, some from the box come from the side, but you get away from it. No one says anything. Right. No one goes like, oh, ooh, PSF came from the side there, but we like like, no one says that, you know, it's like, but then obviously the opposite happens with the spring walks and then it's like, oh, they can't see anything. You're like, guys, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> unfortunately, like, with Twitter, there's there's, there's there's a lot of that. I mean, obviously, I mean, we sort of always speak from, from, a fan, from a fan's perspective and that's a big thing where, you know, like it doesn't change the way I feel about Wayne Barnes, I still think he's a fantastic referee. I understand the frustration, you know I mean, obviously, yeah like like i said like like you are uh, you understand where you, you, you could have gone it wrong i think there are, there are other calls where we you, you, it gone wrong where it is it is frustrating you know i think the thing about rugby I've realized is there's gonna be missed stuff happening every game you know for example the french player that get the the, the forearm that chased Colby ate a week ago the if he's missed an entire sea of trying almost decapitating one of the one, one of the island players and in yeah. those things happen those those things are missed. All the time, and, and those things—it happens. That's the game of rugby. Like, if you could, if you could pin down and, and blow everything, there would be no game. Every second breakdown, there's there's there's, yes. there's people falling over and things like it. That's unfortunately that's the the game that we love. And unfortunately, I love the tweet that I saw last week of the Irish the Irish game where the bock games tend to be close. So those sort of calls, the 50s that don't go away, they sort of they sort of mean a lot more. They they they. they they're they greater exaggerated because our games are so tight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I if saw if that too, get, it, a very the the valid do,
1: point. Yeah. So the do, if the game does get close and the right, the right call isn't made, it's going to affect us a lot more than, because most of the time our game is just then let's say if the game was a lot more open, a lot more freer, maybe a missed call here and there may not have this direct effect. It might be because we couldn't finish because of that, but a game of that nature on the weekend, that call and other calls sort of come back. And that's the hard part also, the hard part about officiating a Springbok game, I think the, the Bucs are a very hard team to, to rev.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'll tell you something very interesting about that game, and we really don't see it often. But in terms of both sides um, and tackles attempted, uh, France had to make 108. We had to make 104. It is basically even. Never, not never, but so seldom. Like it's normally like 120 versus 90 or something, you know? So having just shows how tight that game was. that both sides were basically just having a go at each other nonstop. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it was a tough one. It's a t- tough one to, to, to lose. Um, I do think we will probably take more out of it. I think we will be the happier of the two if you take the loss away from it. And I think France aren't going to feel completely satisfied about beating us in terms of they wanted to beat us at home. They wanted to get their monkey off their back and all that sort of stuff. But I think deep down, they will be very, very wary of us in in France in the World Cup if we meet. I think that they mentally could probably get one over anyone else and approach the game in in the French way that they're going to win. I really, really feel that they still think about us as a
1: proper, proper threat on home soil. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, you know, what the box do very well, I think they're very good at disrupting our ball, in, in your position ball. I think that's what scares France the most. Like, these Oaks can just stop. I mean, France, like, France are a side, I mean, so 30% of their of their rug ball was over six seconds. So that, yes. we, we like, neutralize almost everything. I mean, to have 30% of your ball over six seconds, that is tough, but I definitely think the box would take a lot from that. And, and like I said, the box at drug time I was such a hard side to beat. And it's weird. I think France also may also think, I also think France in that camp of, yeah, when only fully strength. I feel like we can take these Oaks. But same with the box go like, yeah, but we we, we can take these Oaks as well. So I think the France, and I think, honestly, the France and, and, and the box are, are very evenly matched. I think France is the only side that can match the box in terms of four depth, starting and on the bench. Especially in the front. I think and obviously the way we, they kick and the way we play, I think it's if you look at evenly matched where it's like you can say almost similar styles. I think they are an evenly matched where it's sort of if they play ten times, I think the winning team will win in like six six games to four. Or, might, or they might just win five five. They wouldn't surprise you. I yeah, think that's yeah. how even they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um another thing which is quite ironic because everyone is jumping up and down about Springboks doing a six two split, but Ironically, on Saturday, France really could have done with a five-three, and the Springboks really could have done with a six-two. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's just uh, that's just the way that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I think I really think it's uh, I really think it's a coin flip, and it's really got to do with your approach. But the best part about the five-three split is we all get to do a little something and call Manny LeBock a Springbok, and I think. I don't think there's anyone in the country that is not doing that without a smile on their face because that man has walked the walk for two and a bit years. He has gone out into the wilderness. He has been told he is not even worthy of being a professional rugby player, let alone a URC winner, and then forced his way and literally forced his way into the Springbok setup, and he's now a Springbok. How awesome is that?
1: Yeah, oh, man, it's incredible. I mean, his journey um, is, you know, it's its wild, you know, from from the Bulls to the Sharks to to Province. Even in Province, I don't think anyone probably thought he would be the first choice fly-off. I mean, with Cade Volta there and Williams, was he going to play 10? And for him to step up and arguably oh, be the best players. And what I loved the most was when this season started, after obviously missing out on the rugby championship, he sort of stepped up the performance. Remember, There was a game when they were I think, in Wales in the flippant pouring rain and just kind of showed all the skills that he had with his boot. And yeah, you could do it in a wet day. You could do it, he can be an absolute baller. And to see him come on and become a springbok. I think that was an incredible moment. It just shows that how, what being backed does to a player. I think that's what <laughs> John Dobson backed him. And now he, he reaps the rewards and i um, excited to see how he goes against Italy. And I'm so, uh, and I'm sure a certain other name that uh, my rugby Twitter will stream on Twitter is really happy to see Evan Rose back in the Bok mix. So I think yeah. if you're, so I think our uh, Twitter is going to be a good place this week. Yeah. I'll
0: tell you just a, a quick little, little story from another podcast, but I was listening to a podcast, um, that Carl from bet.co.z was, was, was was having, and he was chatting to Rito. Um, the Ford's coach of the Stormers, and he was chatting to him after the Stormers had won the URC. Um, and he was just talking about Marvin Arie and a few other things. But there was something that, that Rito said about Mani LeBoc that Rito went in to the high performance center in Belleville after the URC win, I think a couple of weeks after, and he needed to go and collect something because he was going overseas or he needed to get something for work. And he saw Manny Lubbock in the gym and he said to him, dude, what the hell are you doing here? Like everyone's off. It's off time. You've, we've won the competition. We it's, it's done. You need to have a break. And Manny Lubbock turned around and said, I'm training because, because we need to win it again next year. And that to me showed the mindset he has, how focused he is and his hunger for more and his hunger to be better. And I think that all, culminated on saturday when he ran out for the Springboks. so i'm i, I love that story that and uh i'm just uh i'm so happy for him because i'm most certainly i most certainly didn't think he had the goods and i most certainly was 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 out and about saying that i didn't think that he deserved the the call up I deserved a call up back in the days when the guys were first talking about it i thought we had too many i, I didn't think it was the right um the right fit and he's proved me wrong, and I'm couldn't be happier, like um I'm so happy for him, I really really am, and I cannot wait for him to play this weekend against Italy um he is on the bench on that um let's shoot on to the springbok squad that's been announced for Italy, so we've made what four changes um but yeah, uh Jasper's back, Jasper's back at eight um we've made quite a few interesting changes. we've got a new midfield um uh Andre Estesen's back at 12. And uh, we've moved Damien Delendi to 13, which is something that has been done before. He has started there, but he's also moved there during games. So I'm okay, I'm okay with him going there. Other than that, pretty much the same, the same back line. Um, Arons is on left, Ches and Colby's on right, Villiers at fullback, Buff and Damien. We've got Ox, Bongi, France. And then in the lock pairing, we've got Murat and Ori, which is great. And then we've got Kulisi, Mostert, and Visser. Just backtrack. Sir Kulisi had a flippin' amazing game in, against France. Yeah, Sorry, he was incredible. Just, no, he was incredible. Um, he, we didn't chat, chat to him. But on the bench, we have Malcolm Mark, Stephen Kutsoff and uh, Vincent Koch. Eben Etzebeth, that man deserves that, that bench spot. Uh, he's, uh, he needs a break. <laughs> um, Koukha Smith, and then number 21, Evan Ruhr. So South Africa have reverted back to 6-2. Evan Roos is back. Everyone's been calling for him to play um, and get involved. I think I'm super excited. I know that I've said uh, things about him and his game that I, I think needs to be worked on and it's got to be the right fit and everything. I think the way that they've set this up now is perfect. I think it's great. I also wouldn't be surprised if he got on a little earlier um, with Visser, who's come back from a, from a head injury. Um, and then we've got Corbus reinach and Manny Libok. And I'm, I'm, Super happy that they've named Lebok as played 23 in a 6-2. That, that is another, another moment for me where the Springbok coaches are saying it, it, it's that belief, and we spoke, you spoke about it early on about just trusting him and giving him that role. So now he's going to be cover, covering 15 and 10, but obviously, if anything happens, I'll probably first move Willemsa to 15 and then move um, Lebok. To 10, but we have options all over. The only place I'm a little scared of is we really don't have a cover for 13 in that match day 23.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a very balanced 23. I think gone oh, kind of the days where sort of size, well, you can try and rotate all over the size, you end up with the wallabies, and Italy can scare you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think after that game, I think it. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be hard to sort of the box name of flipping 15 changes and things like that. But you know what? Um, it's, it's, it's a very good side. It's a very interesting side, but then there, I mean, there, there's certain things like there are questions that the box would need to, uh, will, will feel like they need to ask. And I think they can, I mean, obviously the S and how does it go? Can Dylan cover 13, you know? And, um, you know, I mean, the, I mean, obviously seeing Murat and Ori together, then I think definitely someone like Morat and Ori, they do deserve a start. And, and, and to see how they go, let me tell you who's not happy about the Springbok side are the Italians because they were. <laughs> if you remember, if you remember in the in the Italy in the World Cup, sorry, that bomb squad idea, the six-two split started against Italy. They were the first oh, no, victims. I of forgot. It. They were the first victims <laughs> of the six-two split, and then I'm now looking back, and they're like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, we're doing this again? Like, not an even on the bench? Like, what the
0: hell?" I know. <laughs> How's that 6-2? Like the bomb squad, Malcolm Mark, Stephen
1: Kitsov, Vincent Koch,
0: Evan Elizabeth Kwacha Smith, and now nah, and then some new youngster Evan Rose has been basically smashing down trees.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like what the hell? Like like it's just like thinking like what the hell have we done with the spring box? Like, like we sorry for beating you one time in 2016. Like we apologize. <laughs> like, can we while we the test time is again for the 6-2 thing? I mean like, cause remember in like, the World Cup game we, we like broke the, the they had, like props rolling off the field and like, it's <laughs> like, it's like, like, uh. like, poor, like poor Italians are like, probably like they're probably mid mid celebration after being in Australia. And then like today they're still like living with the hype. And I was like, oh, by the way, it's 6-2 split again against the EZOX this weekend. I'm like, the Italians were thinking like, oh, like we beat the Wallabies, but, but at what cost, Sean? at what cost at what cost yeah now i
0: tell you i i love um and i'm almost certain the 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 springbok coaches listen listen to this podcast there's no doubt in my mind because <laughs> i was talking <laughs> i was talking a while back about um how Villemsa, delendi and creel are by far the hardest hitting 10 12 13 in the world that anyone will ever come up against and basically um Jacques ninobo said hold my beer mate." and he's put Willemser at 10, Andre Estes in at 12, and Damien Delendi at 13. <laughs> now, I don't want to say I'm wrong, but that could be the hardest-hitting 10, 12, 13 ever.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, tough, tough place to be, to be 12, to run a short line. I mean, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, 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 like, it's it's just, I just and Italy's like, wow, like, why is this happening to us? Like, why are we the test dummies for, like, why must we sort of pave the way for Oxus getting hurt? But... I must say, I'm really, I'm, I'm very excited to see Andre and, Um I think he, he's got the, probably the toughest place in that box squad because, like, you know, he's a 12, and I'm, I'm sure he can probably play with a 30, but, I mean, like, you look at him, like, he's an out-and-out out 12. You know, I mean, the box office they love the guys who can cover multiple positions. But someone like Estes, and he's, he's, he just feels like a player that is he's either starting at 12 or he, or he is on the sitting, with the, he's, he's, he's wearing a suit. So it's like, I think for him, this game is massive because... You know, like you, you want to sort of play, play well enough for the coach to think like this guy should go to the World Cup. We actually do need an out out twelve. If Damien is not, if Damien Delaney is, is, is not available or winning the same power, because now it's like obviously Williams is playing well at twelve. Franz comes back from injury, so it's like, do you know? what I mean, there's all those questions. You like, so I, I really hope Andre and goes well. I mean, uh, his his improvement to his game has been incredible. I think his journey, as at Harlequins. I mean, sh- the last couple of years, the Sharks and obviously going to the Harlequins. And seeing how well he's played there. So I, I really hope that he does have a good test. And obviously, I mean Evan Rose is it's it's a tough place to be if you go tackle Yaps- Jasper Visa for about sixty minutes and then Evan Rose for another twenty. It's not it's like coming
0: good. on there and he's hard as, eh?
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's like it's it's not a like it's, it's 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 not a good place to be if you hit Italian shoulders. It's not it's, it's, it's yeah. not the kind of week you need after playing the wallabies, which is like you can't go from the wallabies into I just just think it's unfair to have Ebenezer coming off the bench with like jogging on with like Steven Kitsop and Malcolm Marks. It's like you don't need that in your life. Like I just don't don't, don't feel like Norahui player needs that in there. Like no matter how well they're paid.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, you know, what's interesting you talk about uh, Esteson being um, an out-and-out 12. He's actually more a 12-to-10 shift than a 12-to-13 shift where Damien's a 12-to-13 shift, if, if that makes sense. Um I know that they um they have flirted with the idea at Harlequins about making him more of a distributor. I also just try to Google it now, but I think he's left footed. And uh either way he has yeah, he is um, with an absolute a, cannon over left foot well. cannon. Now um, Scott Berger um mentioned after the front the French cam that we struggled with with our exits, that we didn't use Villy's left foot when we when we could have passed past kicked. And we struggled a bit with our exit. So I think Andre is going to alleviate a lot of pressure. We're going to have Willemse with the right. Um, uh, Esther with the left boot to be able to clear. So we've got some some great things. If we pin the Italians back with two massive clearing boots, they're going to cuck off even more. So, yeah, we, we're in for a great one. I'm, I, I'm also looking forward to Marvin Ori. I'm playing. Uh, I, I quite like him. He gets through a mountain of work like, he, ta- he tackles as much as, as most of the other, um, whether it's Peter the Toy or, or Franco Morstitz, you know, he gets through a, a shitload of work. So line of time, it'll help. And, and tackle wise, it'll help. Um, I think that's, that's great. And yeah, I'm looking forward to also seeing someone, sorry,
1: Sean, well, yeah. also someone with an incredible story. Remember the lion sort of gave him away. I think yeah. the lions, yeah, the lion sort of gave him away and the storm was picked him up. He sort of had this, and the storm also saved his career and now he's he's back in the box mix and which is yeah. which is which is incredible and what and what an awesome photo
0: when he and uh and even etzebeth started the test match together you know they played together in school and i don't think they've played together since might have been an, an age group um age group set up in western province but they didn't play together after that and i think that was their first game back together uh playing in many many years. So. Yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. And I, I love that we have guys like we have one we have two inexperienced guys on the bench in, uh, in Evan Ruiz and Manny Lubok. But we we've balanced it really well in that we've got guys like Murat and Ori that are starting that you they're they're on the fringes and uh but they can start they've got stability in the front row and in the loose trio to help them out. So, I think that they're going to be perfectly fine um and we've got guys that worked around a little bit in the back line they're they're sorting themselves out, and then we've got evan we've got a bench replacements of notes that could probably start and and there's guys there that'll start for the spring box any day of the week and um and Quachere, ah, Quachere. <laughs> Jesus, imagine how hard that guy would hit <laughs> and how hard he's running you. So so Evan Rus is um, is coming off the bench. So we've got so many options. Um, like I said, the only space I'm a bit wary of is thirteen. But other than that, we're pretty well covered. And I think, as you mentioned, we are super well balanced. Um, yeah, I got to figure out how to spin this Ruiz thing. How, we need to. What would a Ruiz hybrid be? Someone that covers
1: two to fifteen. <laughs> 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 pretty much like the world's greatest rugby player like pace power, kick I mean I've seen Kwaka do a, a few uh, chip and chases so that'll be the scariest rugby player probably of all time
0: yes, Kwaka Ruiz Evan Smith
1: Hmm. danger, danger
0: well I'm going to put you on the spot here mate what's happening on Saturday against the Italians, are we going to crush them I think,
1: I, I, listen. I must. I must say to people that are, the Italians have gone so much better. You know, I think the the, the the story they've had of their rugby the last couple of years has been incredible. You look at the, you look at the, you look at the the, the growth of like Benetton and Zebra and how well they've done in the URC and obviously getting that win against Wales and and now against Australia. Um, yeah, I think the rugby's come a long way, but I just think the biggest battle for them and not what, how we will tend to do all well is physicality. I think it we'll would just be a little bit too physical for them. Um, but I, I, I think with the spring what's key for this weekend is we have got to put them away early. Let's not give them any bit of hope, but I, I, they just, because once you give the, the Italians hope, they sort of, they, they just grow and grow in belief. And then it's like, side like that, that's the last thing you want, you want to happen. So I think the box will sort of put them away early. I think it won't be like a 50 pointer that it was the last time we, we played them in like in the world cup. I think it will be, a a thirty-five ten thirty-six thirty-six eleven thirty-six twelve sort of game. Um I think we I think we will play well. I think Italy will, will will put up a fight, but I just think we'll be slightly too strong for them. What do you think?
0: I think we are gonna hit our fifty mark and I think we're gonna crush them. I really do. I I I really think South Africa are going to hit their stride and we're gonna see it. So there is trouble coming, and um, it's gonna fall on the
1: Italians. Yeah, for Italians, the wrong place, wrong time, wrong place. Like <laughs> exactly. they probably said, like, why couldn't France or Ireland do them a favor? Like now, 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 now the box. Are like now, we definitely need to because the box do I mean, and the, the, the box do need to win. to Obviously, like we don't want the box to go through this tour without without um, without winning a game, but we leave with a great story. I mean, we leave the narrative stuff for the Wallabies who. Absolutely <laughs> must give Dave Rennie sleepless nights, and <laughs> but I mean, I think the box do. I mean, obviously they, I mean, they, they definitely do need a game. I mean, to win to win this game, um, so if the Poytailers could be at the wrong place, the wrong time.
0: I agree. I think they're they gonna hurt. Okay, quickly, quick little, quick little, little. What, what do we call them? Tap and goes. Uh, what do we call them last week? It is eh. Quick tap. Yeah, Mr. Sorry, quick tap, yeah. Okay, quick tap. Right, Scotland, Argentina, who's taking that?
1: uh, Jeez, this is a very quick tap. Um, Scotland.
0: Okay, I'm going Argentina.
1: England, New Zealand? New Zealand. England. Ireland, Australia? If Sexton's... Australia. I'm, I'm spelling it upset. Australia. I mean, I've said what? it. What? Australia's going to win. I think Australia's going to win. Thing is, sorry, before it was a quick tip, Australia is a type of star to lose to Italy and then go beat Ireland on the weekend. I can, No one knows team. what's going on in that camp. <laughs> like, no one, like, Dave really must to be they Like, what? Like, the, the Wallaby situation is more, It's the most intriguing. I'll like, say, I, I find the, the most intriguing team in rugby. They're so interesting. The youngsters, they're not as shit as you think they are, but they're not as, they're not as good as they are, as well. If, if that makes sense
0: they're not as shit as you think you are. They're not as shit as you think they are. And then when you think they're not shit, then they are. They'll let you down. But yeah, but easy, you yeah. it, if I get the word right. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a wrap of the rugby bits pod. Um, cooks, my man, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it. It was an absolutely great chat yet again. And hopefully we get to chat again later in this week to preview a couple more test matches, but cooks, from uh, from the rugby bit side, Sean and Cooks, we want to say thank you and goodbye.
1: Thank you and goodbye, guys.